I hope you've been making some music lately. And if you have, I'd love to know so that we could uh, do something with it, you know. Uh, a testimony of Jesus, a story of Jesus is really the spirit of the prophecy. It's, it's whatever story that you have, whatever music uh, that you have made, it's going to come to reality. It's going to impact so many people. It's going to help uh, to inspire and make uh, uh, things to happen for our uh, people around you. So if you have some amazing uh, music that you have made, the music of the heart, that is shared and uh, let us know something. We can do something with it. You know, Bible says in Old Testament that throughout many, many, many times that we are to sing a new song to the Lord and play skillfully and we're to make music. Uh, Psalm 33, 3 says, sing to him a new song and play skillfully and shout for joy. And then he commanded us. He says, you must, you must, you must make music. Psalm 57, 7, my heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. And that's our promise to God. Because God asked, commanded us to do this. And that's our promise. As believers, we have the promise. You got to do that. Now, uh, as I told you before, I don't know how to sing. I don't know how to play instrument. I actually did play saxophone when I was in high school. That was different motive. I just want to be in the band. You know, I just went in the band to go to football games like every Saturday. And my father would not sign that form for me to join the football team. And I wanted to go up there so bad. So the only thing I could really do was join band. So I learned how to play saxophone so, so I can do the marching band, you know, that kind of thing. So... And after that, I didn't really keep up with it because I was really not really good at it. But the point is, God says to sing a song and play skillfully the instruments. But at the end, he says, make music. And what he really means is for us to make music of the heart. So the question that you should be reflecting as we go through this series on uh, making the music of the heart is, what kind of music have I made yesterday? What kind of music have I made through last, uh, throughout last week? Or did I go into a place? Did I go into a community? Did I go into a family and destroyed it? That is time for us to pick pieces up and make it up and make the music again. Because really, really, when you think about it, if you have made a mistake, and that's really good, sometimes it's a good. Because if you know how to turn that around, because usually great music, great songs comes from the rejections and challenges and mistakes that we made. And that's where the great and greatest stories come from. So, that's, uh, so I just want to encourage you that. So we've been talking about uh, making a music of the heart. And, uh, you know, basically when you, we talked about that earlier, when you are making, you're making a music when you're making a difference in your life. Are you making a difference in life? Remember Man in the Mirror? It says, if you want to make the world a better place, if you want to make your family a better place, if you want to make your community, your workplace a better place, then look at yourself and then make a change for yourself. And when you do that, you're making music. And people will catch on. They begin to hum with you. You can make Music of the heart by dreaming a dream that has a higher purpose. Stand f- up for love. Remember that? When we uh, talked about that? When you really stand up for something. When you believe in something and you stand up for it. You know, that's a music also. 
then you do that, you are clearly making a music of the heart that's going to impact many people around you. And last week we talked about we can make a music of the heart by just being there for someone. Just call me, and I'll be there. And that's so soothing. When you are like little, you know, lonely, and you just somebody calls you, and without any condition, and with a gentle voice, hey Tim, just call me, I'll be there for you. And how soothing, how comforting. You know, that alone is just amazing music. And sometimes if a particular person is going through some tough times and you don't know, you have some tugging and you just give them person a call, it, it be, might be more than a music. It might be just an amazing concert. Like, wow, is that our Zustra? This concert just really impacts the lives, you know. And when you really do that, when you are able to call someone and say, just to call me and I'll be there for you. You're making the music of the heart. Today, I thought that we talk about how to make music of the heart by telling a story or two. You know, you can tell stories, testimonies that can really impact people around you and becomes this amazing music. It could even be a, a just like I said, some major 100 people, 200 people orchestra concert that just mesmerizes people. You know, there's ways that we can do that. The stories are very, very powerful. One story that I know, that everybody knows, I'm trying to understand, and it's geared to you with the songs, uh, music, uh, stories that we know, it's Walt Disney. Everybody knows Walt Disney, right? Everybody's been to uh, possibly Disneyland or Disney World or went to some local shops and bought something for the kids and for yourselves, something about Disney. Everybody loves Disney. Every kid's dream is to go visit and see and touch Mickey Mouse. The mouse. It's a mouse, guys. <laughs> well, the story goes something like this. Disney, Walt Disney, even though he... That's a gigantic empire. But when he was young child, he was so poor. His father was a man of integrity, but a little bit, on today's standard, a little bit twisted. You see what I mean when I continue to explain what Walt Disney's father was like. He was doing something in, uh, somewhere in Kansas City, and not sure exactly where the Chicago, and he wasn't doing very well. So he decided to move down to farm in, somewhere in uh, uh, Kansas. And there they grew, uh, uh, Walt uh, grew up. And he, there he meets this mouse and becomes, made his pet. And how did it happen was, first of all, when he was, he was so poor, when he was seven or eight years old, somewhere around that, he was delivering a newspaper. His father came, comes down to this farm, and he didn't know what to do. He needs to make some living. So he decides to uh, contract a, a delivery service, a uh, newspaper. It's something that the boys would do today. But he actually had a little business and it was just to deliver newspapers to all the communities, not even that big. So uh, his father uh, decided that he's going to use his son to deliver newspaper. So every morning, like 3.30 o'clock in the morning, he would come up, this, uh, get up, and deliver newspapers. And, and then after he delivering a newspaper, then he would run to uh, a school. 
and it got to be so difficult, so, so much planning to do, that he decided that he was going to just hire his friends to help him out and promised that he's going to pay a few couple bucks for a week. I mean, in those days, he didn't pay all that. And friends agreed, and he started delivering newspaper. So he went to his father and said, Father, you're not really paying me anything, but I have, I have hired my friends, so now can you pay me for the work that I'm doing? Which he wasn't getting paid, and his father's response was simply, I feed you. I give you shelter. One more day one. So he had to go out and figure out how to make a couple bucks so he can pay his friend. The way he did it was he became a little creative and says, well, I have, to ha- I have this the route that he, ha- that he goes through to deliver newspapers. So somehow he contracted and knew some people who need to deliver medicine to one person, one place to another. So he will, and on his route, he would take the medicine and deliver it to somebody else. And that's how he made just a few couple bucks and to pay his friends. And then the father wasn't doing very well. So he wanted to decide to move back to Kansas City. After a little while, he gets a little home. And at that time, uh, he dis- uh, Walt Disney decides to move in with his father. I wish he was still at the farm at the time. And uh, he went to the home and to live with dad. Dad says, if you want to live with me, you must pay rent. He was like 12, at that time, 12, 13 years old. So he had to pay rent living in his father's house. That's what I mean. He's a man of integrity, but he was a little bit different on today's standard. But uh, the, when you do the research on his father, his father was determined to make his son learn to how to live independently. That was only his lesson, to ask, help him to live independently, not to rely on somebody else for, for life. And that's when he was asked to live paid rent. He was in this little dingy, I don't know whether it was a garage or the basement, and there he meets this pet again, mouse, called him mouse. And he, was, uh, he loved to sketch and began to sketch that little, little pet, the rodent, the, the, the mouse, the rat, start sketching it. And he bring about the goodness and the, the so-called, you know, maybe that's how he felt, the rejected sometimes as a father, don't have enough things to do, so uh, to, to, to live on his life. So he began to sketch this and into more playful uh, caricature. And that's how it became Mickey Mouse. One interesting fact is his wife, later on, uh, when he was ready to do it, asked him uh, when he, he was going to uh, name this Mickey Mouse Mortimer, I don't know what, it's some name. And the wife says, you're a great sketcher, but you don't know how to come up with good names. <laughs> so she gave him the name Mickey Mouse. And that's how Mickey Mouse was born. Walt Disney, his story is, started from nothing. And then he worked his way and became what? He, be- he didn't just build Disney kingdom. He created an empire that tells the story. Every year or two, young people, young kids are expecting and waiting for new movies to come out from the Disney. <clears throat> and they are good stories. They are wonderful stories. They are inspiring stories. So he lived his life 
telling stories to inspire and touch people. And that's the music of the heart that he was creating. Think about how many people that he has inspired, how many uh, young people or old people that he was able to bring joy uh, to their life by just simply doing that. As I was just preparing this message, and I just recall uh, time when I went to uh, Disney World, I guess it was one of the first time with my daughters. Remember my days when, I, when my kids were four or five, I think that's when I went, maybe five, six years old, maybe, maybe somewhere around there. And we went there. <clears throat> that's the time it was really difficult for us. I mean, that was, I know you know, most of you know my story, right? I grew up in leprosy colony, came to the States, and from just like Walt Disney, uh, I mean, from 14, 15, 16, 17, all the way into college, 22, I was doing uh, janitorial work, cutting the lawn and the painting, the houses, and that's, I made a <clears throat> living uh, because my father just wasn't uh, pretty well to do so. I somewhat, somewhat partially had to be uh, independent. And then I had a heart transplant and, and there was no means to uh, pay for my medicine. I lost just about everything. Lost my rental uh, properties and nice cars that I was driving at the time. And, and the only thing just basically left was my house and had to deal with uh, all the medicine that I had to take the rest of my life. And, and, then I, and then I started my business. It was at the tough going. But after a couple of years, it was okay. I took care of some uh, basic things that I had to take care of. And it was like our very kind of first a uh, family trip, and we say we go to Disney. Remember at that time, Disney uh, was kind of a little less expensive. The plane ticket to uh, Disneyland is like still the cheapest uh, compared to going to California or something like that. So we went, and I remember one time, and I was uh, we were just touring the whole place, and it was time like well now Janice and I were getting a little tired. And the kids still have a little energy, and so the best way is okay. It's time to sh- they want to buy some toys and shop. So I said, Juliana was at, I don't know, at that time five years old or something like that. So uh, I pulled my wallet and gave her five bucks. Yes, you can go and buy anything you want. Five bucks, five dollars. I thought I was giving a big favor, you know. So I know. So we, Janice and I sat down in the shade just waiting. I think we probably waited up 30 minutes or something, something like that. And about 30 minutes later, uh, Juliana comes, along, comes uh, around and says, uh, you know, she comes around and says, hey, what did you buy? And she looked at me with his big eyes looking at me and his little sad face. Dad, everything here is more than $5. Here's $5 back. You should see the like, sort of sad face that she had. That she wanted to buy all this grease out there. There's so many that she couldn't buy. And instantly, at that moment, I remember the, the, the feeling that I had when I was her age. I was growing up in a leprosy colony. I never had any toys whatsoever. But I always want to be a pilot. I think you heard that I'm a pilot, by the way, now, right? So, uh, I, you know, so my dream at that time was just owning little tiny airplane toys. I can play with it. Right? So once in a while, living in lepers, my mother would take me to the, the regular city, you know, which is about an hour away, and go to this this. Uh, uh, the display that's like to, what would be considered today's shopping uh, center, and it was all outdoor, like flea market kind of thing. So we went there, and there was one airplane hanging in the shop. I got my eye on it, and just, you know, my mother was holding my hand, just pulling me. I got just, just, just my eye on that thing, and my mother knew that I wanted that thing. And um, so uh, eventually she comes around and looked at the thing. I'm sure she was looking at the price. And um, 
She yanked me even harder. I said, you're not getting that. The, the, the sadness that I felt because we didn't have enough money to buy that little tiny airplane. It wasn't like this big. It was a little tiny like this that I can carry. I remember five, six, old. That feeling just sat in me, and I saw that. And uh, that's when I really decided. And because during that period of time, I lived a very difficult, hard time. He says, I didn't know anything about Walt Disney at that time. He says, I need to make sure that I work hard so they don't face this kind of challenges again. Think about it. Actually, it's probably better that uh, they go through that kind of stuff so they understand the value of money, how to be independent. And uh, so I worked hard from that point on. I mean, I worked even that, but I just determined to work hard. And that's kind of my little story of a willing to work hard. But the point is, Walt Disney, later on, he became storyteller. And I was reflecting myself in, uh, in Telling. In fact, I, when I did this, I actually uh, text messaged Juliana the other day and saying, you know, I remember this. Now that we are all grown up, you and I, you and I now have to go and begin to write music. We need to make music of the heart and begin to make an impact. And I feel that when I'm going to different places and talking about my story, my testimony, and I am making music for a lot of people that who are listening, and our role is simply to make music of the heart to many people around. There is another guy who wrote the stories through songs. He's a songwriter. But it's also about mouse. It's also about rad and rodent. His name is Don Block. And he wrote songs about human situations. He loved to express the human feelings with songs. He wrote songs such as To Serve With Love, Born Free. If you're a little bit older, you'll know this. But young people today know a lot of these songs too because there are a lot of remakes. Tell Me On A Sunday. And for James Bond movies, he wrote just most of the songs. Diamonds are forever, tomorrow never dies, the world is not enough, and that's a couple more. Plus other films, including Out of Africa, Dance with the Wolf, and Ben. In the movie, Ben, he writes about friendship. And Ben is about, similar to Walt Disney uh, 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 and his love for the, his pet, which is a mouse, and Ben... The movie is about that same kind of thing, and he begins to write about friendship. That friendship can make beautiful music in life. Uh, incidentally, this song later on was sang by Michael Jackson, but it was not meant for Michael Jackson. When Don Block wrote it, he wanted a young person because it's a, the, the movie in the band, the main character was a young person. He thought that Donnie Osmond was the just right person with the right voice to be able to sing that song, but Donnie was on traveling assignment. So according to the uh, history, Don Block decided to just give it to Mike, hey, you try it since you're young too. And he became the number one hit, solo hit, for Michael Jackson after he got out of the Jackson 5. It won the Golden Globe for Best Song. It was nominated for Academy Award for Best Original Song, only to lose to, if you know, remember, The Morning After from The Poseidon Adventure. So nobody's saying anything. Like, nobody knows what I'm talking about here. 
It's morning after movie is just amazing movie. It's like as big as uh, whatever that song Celine Dion sang for uh, Titanic. It is a big, big song. And if you don't know this song, you should go and listen to it. It's just awesome and beautiful song from my supporters in my days. But this song is about a boy's love for his pet. And the lyric goes something like, with a friend to call my own, I never be alone. They don't see you as I do. It touched so many people. You know what? It touched so many people. It may be describing something about the mouse or the pet mouse, or, but it's really describing us, the human situation. It's life, yes, about a rejected creature, the, the, the mouse, but it's also about people who are also rejected and lost and then finding a true friend. It's just a beautiful song. It goes something like this. Ben, the two of us need look no more. We both found what we were looking for. With a friend to call my own, I'll never be alone. And you, my friend, will see you got a friend in me. How beautiful is that? Ben, you're always running here and there. It's like we do the same thing, running here and there. You feel you're not wanted anymore. How often do we feel like that, that we're not wanted anymore? If you ever look behind and doesn't like what you find, there's something you should know. You've got a place to go. That is, I used to say I and me. We do that all the time. It's all about me, 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 me. I used to say, I, I, me, me, but now it's us. Now it's we. It's a so beautiful song, beautiful you know, human situation that is depicting. You know, it didn't become number one head for no reason. I see the scripture just all over this lyric. And I, because of that, I think people resonate with this song. Because it is about us. It is about our life. It is about our story. Well, let's have a little listen. Again, this is, uh, uh, I'm going with the same, uh, uh, remember when I was, uh, 10 years ago, I used to watch, I used to watch uh, American Idols. When it first came out, every week, my, my two girls would go home and just listen to it together every week. And uh, we don't do this anymore, but uh, you know, Christina introduced me to K-pop. So I was listening a couple of times, and all of a sudden, I, you know, they did little kids are trying to, you know, uh, doing the contest and the K-pop star contest, and they're kind of cute. So I thought we'll stay with the same theme and have a listen to uh, to that.
굉장히 무서운 다크호스거든요그 머리 소리를 연다는 게 짧은 기간에 Ben, two of us need look no more. We both found what we were looking for with a friend to call my own. I'll never be alone. Walt Disney made friends with a mouse. One of the most unwanted creatures on earth. And Walt stayed as a friend all the way. Even creating this amazing storytelling empire called Disney World. There is story in this and there is message in this. Jesus said that we are his friend and he promised to be friend all the way that we will never be alone and Jesus assured us that look at the birds of the air. Are you not more valuable than they? John 15 15 says, I longer call you servants because the servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus said, I have made friends with you forever, not just today, not just tomorrow. Even we make mistakes. Even though sometimes we make, we stop making music, he says, I will still be there for you. And we together, together, you and I will continue to make music. And the next verse basically says, it's about admitting and saying that we are lost and we are rejected people. Ben, you're always running here and there. Like, like chicken without the head, that's always running uh, all over the place. You feel you're not wanted anymore. That's something that we feel all the time, not only when you're teenagers, when you're in, in, in the 20s and 30s. Lots of people feel this way. Just not knowing this is, we just run around here and there. We, sometimes we stick with this friend, then we move, move along to somebody else. We go to this organization, that organization. You know, just... Company after company, community after com- community, church after church. We just, just do all that kind of stuff. Sometimes because they feel they're not wanted anymore. But it's not the friend, just the earthly friend. It's not just your organization. It's not your workplace. It's the only thing that you need to remember is that Jesus will never leave you. Will never leave you. That's right. We are all once lost and we are rejected. Isaiah 53, 6 says, All of us have a stray away like sheep, running around, just not knowing where we're going. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the guilt and sins of us all. More than anybody, Jesus understands this feeling the most. Better than anybody else. That's why Jesus can relate to this. He can relate to this song. In Isaiah 53, 3 says he was despised. Jesus was despised. He was rejected by men. A man of sorrows. Familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised. 
and we esteem him not. So you can see even Jesus in the same situation. But God assured us in Psalm 27, 9 through 10, do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. So now the story is us now appealing to God. You know, when you feel you need to run around like crazy, you feel that nobody wants uh, you anymore, you just go to God and do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me. That happens once in a while. Last time, it's not intentional. It's a situation, too. Though my father and my father forsake me, the Lord will receive me. When the Lord receives you, when he makes friends, that's everlasting. He will not go away. He will not abandon you. And that's the promise that God has given to us. That's the one promise among many, many that is so, so true. Yes, we are lost and rejected. But if you have a Jesus, we have a Jesus who says, you are my friend. And when he said that, I understand you, I understand you've been rejected, I understand you've been lost, I declare that you're my friend, and Jesus saying, we are now one. I used to say, I and me, but now it's us, now it's we. That's when we become a community. You know, when you think about all the situations that you ever face in your life, there are a lot of conflict and confrontation, whether it's with a spouse, whether it's your family, whether it's your friends, whether it's co-workers, or whether it's with your boss, because the emphasis was on I and me. Just think about that. I'll just let it sit a little bit. But once you have friend, once you have everlasting friend with you. Now you can say, now it's us. Now it's we. Somehow, for some reason, all these confrontations between you and I can begin to disappear. We'll never be alone in Christ. He's always with us because we are one. When you say it is us, when you say it is we, we are one. And look at this scripture. It is so amazing. I think they just copied it right from this Bible verse. John 17, 20, 23. I do not pray for this alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Here we go. That they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us that the world may deliver, that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. Now, it is us. It is you and Jesus together. It's us. It's no longer alone. It is a we. And when you say, God, it's we, we, us, we're together. We're never alone. I think this, this little phrase is so powerful. It just extracts exactly that's the, what's in John 17. I used to say I, 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 and me, me, me. Now it's all about it's us, 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 and it's we, we, we. And the finally God just tries, not tries, God makes music of the heart. Then most people would turn you away. I don't listen to a word they say. 
They don't see you as I do. I wish they would just try to. I'm sure <coughs> they will think <coughs> again if they had a friend like Ben. If I had a friend like a Ben, there's a Ben. First Samuel 16:7. Reflect on most people will turn you away. They don't listen to what they say. And respond to that in Samuel 16:17 is the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Let me tell you a little bit about my father's story. My father's story is about the story of his life in leprosy colony. When he was 22 years old, and he was until 35 years old, he ministered to those rejected and unwanted people, the lepers. And that's what I was basically born and grew up just before I came to the United States. They are most rejected and unwanted people on the face of earth. And before he passed away, he wrote this book. <clears throat> and what he wrote, and what he wrote is really true music of the heart that can give us a sense of where we are, and eventually we can become like this story in the, in the lyrics. He said this in his book, referring to those people. When he, was, when he was volunteering to go and serve in the leper's colony, when people say, are you nuts? Are you crazy? You've got a whole future ahead of you. You graduated from STEAM seminary. You can just go into nice, great, big, cute church over there. And I don't think they really said it that way. They probably implied it that way. They're all Christians, right? Because they're really what they're saying is they're really concerned about my father getting infected with the disease. But my father saw them differently. He said... They are lepers outside, but we are lepers inside. They are lepers outside, but we are lepers inside. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The whole song about the, the band, even the so-called technically secular song, but if you really think about it, that's what it is. We judge the pet or mouse or whatever based upon the appearance. It's really trying to, we, this song, I believe, became number one hit because people began to resonate with this. Back in 30, 40-some years ago, when this song was sang, the most Americans are in this so-called the Christian setting. They know this, the, what God has said. They know that we are rejected and unwanted because we are the sinners. 
that we are that he knew that 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 the lepers you know are lepers outside that we are sinners the same way if not worse inside. They are lepers outside, but we are lepers inside. We are just as rejected, unwanted people. I think my father left me with wonderful stories to tell. The story that echoes the music of the heart. Yes, he didn't know how to sing or play instrument. Even he was far worse than me. Yet he made a beautiful music, music of the heart, impacting and healing so many, many people. You know, if we look at the Bible, I haven't heard Jesus sing or play an instrument either. But he gave us amazing, amazing music of the heart called grace. He made lots of stories. Lots of testimonies. Stories and testimonies that change lives, that change lives and save so, so many people. And the story, when you make story of Jesus, it is so powerful. Revelation 19.10. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is a simply story of Jesus. It could be the actual story of Jesus that you might be testifying that could be so powerful. But it's also testimony of you through our Lord Jesus Christ can also become so powerful. When you're telling your story, your, your testimony, how God and Jesus has impacted you, it is extremely powerful. You know how powerful? It is actually the spirit of a prophecy. Prophecy is knowing that the better things are yet to come. If you have been difficult time, if you felt rejected and wanted, and you were able to find Jesus and go and proclaim to other people, my story, my music of the heart, is when I was in that dungeon, when I was in the pit, I learned to understand that Jesus is my Savior and he's my friend. I was able to come up and come out and see the sun again. When you tell that testimony, that is a powerful, powerful work of spirit in the other person listening. It becomes a prophecy, meaning it's going to happen to that person just as well. It is so powerful. That is why when Jesus spoke, he always told the stories, parables. Powerful and powerful. Our role as Christians is to make music of the heart. Well, including, it would be nice if we can sing and play instruments too, but you've got to do both. Okay, you can't just do that and not make the music of the heart. You've got to make the music of the heart. And the big story, which could take Five hours to tell. And this big story 
all began with Genesis 1, in the beginning. It's like once upon a time, in the beginning, God created heavens and earth. And this big story that takes five hours or five months to tell ends in Revelation with the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Let's pray. Father Jesus, thank you so much.